Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and you're listening to Games on Film. Welcome back to Games on Film, the podcast that celebrates video game movies. We uh, we love our video game movies here. We like to give them back massages and foot rubs. We like to whisper sweet nothings into their ears like, you're not shit, it's all right. <laughs> Everything goes well, a happy finish for everyone involved. But yes, we're back. <laughs> so it's a new year, new president. Everything's back to normal, except it isn't. Um, but hey, how are you doing, Rory? I'm doing fine. I think I think normal services resumed, at least in terms of the kind of films that we're talking about on the podcast, because today's episode is Hitman, Agent 47, and it seems like we've seen this film many a time before. <laughs> well, I think it's just nice to take our minds off zombie plagues and viruses and get some just some lovely murder. Some <laughs> lovely pre premeditated assassination attempts. Yeah, just clean, good, old-fashioned murder. But yes, this is very much... Well, is this a sequel? Because if you recall, we did Hitman... Was it just called Hitman? Just... I think just Hitman. <laughs> Hitman, just Hitman was the film. Um, back with old Timothy Oliphant uh, on episode 36. Uh, I re-listened to that episode as well. And it that film ends with Agent 47 sort of being a guardian angel for Olga Kolenko. Either this is a sequel, and Agent 47 was like, well, I was guardian angel for about half an hour, then I got bored. <laughs> or this is sort of a soft reboot. What, what do you think is going on here? Um, I'm not sure it really matters, because... He looks very different. <laughs> does indeed does indeed um he's had a plastic I surgery around the face but not the head or the back of the head just uh i think soft reboot is probably the best way to describe this film it's sort of ignoring what went before but still with the same uh writer at least who did the original uh story and i think first drafts of the script and same producer as well so it's one of those soft reboots but you know, it's still in our hands, so we're not going to really mess around too much. Because if, if memory serves, I mean, I actually had no idea when this film was made. It looks like it was made in 2005. Uh, but um, I couldn't work out how long had passed between this Hitman and the previous one. I think it like had just enough time had passed for people to try and start again. I think about eight years. I think oh, Hitman was 2007. That's an eternity. And this that, was 2015. That's as much time that had passed between The Croods 1 and The Croods 2, which came out recently, <laughs> where the kids are all... All the kids who watch Hitman 1, they've grown up now. They're on to, you know, 18-rated movies, not these 15-rated <laughs> shit. So, yeah, okay, I get it. Enough, too long, too much of time had passed. They've had new Spider-Men uh, in much shorter time than they have had new Hitmen. So Multiple Spider-Men. 
Multiple Batman. Multiple Batman. What's One of the funny things which often happen in Hitman movies is where we see other Hitmen and they all look the same. And it gives you a sort of Into the Spider-Verse vibe. Into the Hitman-verse. But um, this is quite similar in, I would imagine, tone to the first one. Because yet again, Hitman is not a silent assassin in this. Hitman is... is done fucked up multiple times he is causing what do you call it ballet of bullets it's very stylish but he's also the world's best but most conspicuous assassin you know he could only be more conspicuous if he was dressed like a one-man band with symbols between (laughs) his knees like dick van dyke and mary poppins i mean if only dick trained killer i forgot what's dick van dyke's name in that film one, two, um, Bert. three. Bert? Bert, right? But that's why he's so very good. Like, he can be the most conspicuous person in the room and still get away with it. It's kind of like he's testing everyone. <laughs> well, he's testing his boss, because like I said, it must be really frustrating that your most skilled assassin, like, will also, for for reasons best known to himself, just open fire in the middle of a crowded train station Instead of, I don't know, use a garrote wire. (laughs) Anyway, spoilers for Agent 47, Hitman Agent 47. We won't go into the games too much, I imagine. Of course, we are doing it now because Hitman 3 has just been released in the last Mm -hmm. uh, week or so. And as always happens with these AAA games, there's server issues and all sorts of problems that's you you just don't seem to get of a nintendo game Ooh. <laughs> hey this is the first hitman game which is available on a nintendo platform since hitman 2 true true on the gamecube i realize my knowledge is still firmly in those first couple of hitman games especially hitman 2 silent assassin and i just have to ask before i criticize this film too much but i'm not saying i'm going to be completely critical i have to ask are the the later Hitman games, like Hitman 3, more action-packed, more shoot-em-up? I don't believe so. I mean, uh, based on everything I've seen, it is very much more back to the original where you can meticulously plan uh, executing your target in a huge variety of different ways. I've seen sort of compilation videos of dozens of different ways where they've tried to sort of eliminate the same target. So I think it has a lot to do with the planning, a lot to do with absorbing the details over here and conversations, all this stuff around you. I think you can do a certain amount of guns blazing. So the fact that I think the latest game only has six levels uh, means you could probably finish it very quickly if you just didn't really do it the uh, stealthy way. But I think that's the sort of the joys of these new games is the variety of different methods i think one of the standout levels in this new installment is meant to be uh set in dartmoor in a country mansion and you can uh pretend to be a detective investigating a sort of agatha christie knives out style murder mystery so you've got your own task to eliminate a target but at the same time you can also solve a mystery on the side too aha it was me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I killed Professor Plum. It was the assassin <laughs> with the ballers. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of fun, investigating your own murder, as in the murder you're about to do. But um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily dislike this film, but I kept hitting against 
how it is not really a hitman film. It has lots of the accruements, of course. He looks like Hitman, he's got the guns, he responds to Diana on the phone, who is played by a real person. I think it was a computer voice last time. Yes, the the actress portraying her in this film is called Angela Baby, who is a Chinese actor, musician, etc., who seems to be... um, one of those things where Hollywood movies would get a Chinese actress sort of like yep. on loan like a um, foreign exchange student to just pop up every now and then. She was in Independence Day Resurgence as well, and she was also back in China in a remake of Bride Wars. I think the most interesting fact that I found out about her is that her child is called Little Sponge. <laughs> I see. Well, I don't know. According to IMDb, she's she's top top credited which i believe for some reason on imdb the entire cast even though it says in credits order is definitely alphabetical because a angela baby's at the top then it's dan backer dow playing someone called sanders and someone called charlene beck who plays tenement woman and um dear old rupert friend is like the 20th down the list (laughs) should have been 47th but hey ho I think my biggest problem with this film is that it's trying. It's called Hitman, and I think if this was just a, a generic action film with like a Liam Neeson film title, like Taken, I don't know what 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 other sort of adjectives can still be associated with an action movie. I mean, you have things like broken, fallen. Mm. Well, you know what? At the start of this film, so many people end up being shot and falling onto banisters. I think the film should have been called Bannisters. <laughs> or Railing, even better. Railing, because it's double meaning, because all these walkways have railings, and he's also railing against the system. So anyway, Railing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think Evading is would have been accurate. Evader. because That's the thing. It is, I agree, not very stealthy. He'll evade detection for just a little bit. He'll hide in the shadows for just a little bit. But then it'll be, oh, whatever alarm's going, I'll just shoot everyone now. I just want to see him just quietly poisoning a Yakuza sushi or or killing a man with a booby-trapped puffin. (laughs) Put a C4 explosive with a timer down a puffin's burrow in one of those islands off Ireland, and then this puffin will protect the C4 egg and look after it and eventually carry it to kill... Just someone in Ireland, I suppose. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's kind of how I feel um, when we're talking about games versus the film. <laughs> Why don't we start with your name? 47. That's not a name. No, but it is mine. What exactly are you? An assassin. And you're here to kill who? You should really let me go. The last time I checked, you're the one locked in here with me, and I'm the one with the gun. No, Mr. Sanders. You're locked in here with me, and you just brought me mine. He's an engineered human being. Stronger, faster, 
more intelligent than normal people. They're called agents. What does any of this have to do with me? Your father started the agent program. He knows their weakness. You're the key to finding your father. So I have the Blu-ray of Hitman Agent 47 uh, in front of me now, and uh, it's time to read the back of the box to get a synopsis. Um, but first up, a quote from Daily Star, action-packed and stylish. Yep. You know what? That's that's true. That's fair. Any star rating? Nope. Not even from the Daily Star? Nope. Well, one star then. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least at least one star. One a day. <laughs> the plot is as follows. Rupert Friend stars in this exhilarating action adventure based on the award-winning video game series. A genetically engineered assassin with superhuman abilities, 47, Friend, and an equally gifted young woman, Hannah Ware, turn the tables on a sinister organisation that's out to create an army of unstoppable killers... Also starring Zachary Quinto, this spectacular film, filled with breathtaking effects, will keep you on the edge of your seat from start to finish. I'm faintly disturbed that this video box doesn't say what film these actors are in. Like, Zachary Quinto, fr from what? And Rupert Friend? I don't know him. I've not seen him in anything. And genuinely, I have no idea what uh, the, the lead actress has been in. Well, let's see where she is alphabetically on this list yet yeah, she is um in between someone called who played the character berlin police officer and someone who played robert's mum <laughs> uh hannah Ware. she's been uh mostly sort of tv but she was in cop out she was in shame uh the steve mcqueen movie and she was in spike lee's remake of old boy and uh, her sister is singer jesse Ware. It's always a bit of a worry when we do one of these films and the featured video on their IMDb page is the trailer for the piece of shit video game movie we're reviewing this <laughs> one, this week. So, as I said, uh, we got um, Rupert Friend and Zachary Quinto, I think, are the two people we know the most. And shall we talk about uh, Rupert? Well, I think we should just in terms of his approach to 47 so mm. um originally the role of 47 in this film was to be played by fast and furious's paul walker uh -huh. and we mentioned in the first film episode uh that vin diesel was going to be lined up to play 47 in the first hitman movie but uh paul walker was actually cast and was in looking at the script and everything, but he tragically died in a car crash before mm -hmm. filming could go ahead. And mm -hmm. the role eventually went to Rupert Friend, who had also originally auditioned to play not both 47 and John Smith. He had auditioned for both roles. I don't think he was going to play both characters necessarily. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've shaved my head now, so you got to... <laughs> I, hmm. that's a that's a good move though to just like there's a power move they could just put a wig on you but, but... he sort of b 
burst into the casting office, killed a man, <laughs> wiggle, flashed his shiny bonce at everyone, and he scarped up at that event. Look what you made me do. you got to have me now. I mean, just touching base on, on Paul Walker, I, um, I think he really could have done this role and i think he has that sort of hardness that we talked about when we just when we discussed um timothy oliphant we we said that he had a sort of twinkle in his eye so we i just never really bought him as a hardened killer and i feel like there's something about paul walker which really has that hardness about him riding on the success of fast and furious they were maybe sort of hoping that he would bring some sort of box office attention and and you know, the film still did fairly well. It had a 35 million budget and made 82 million total. So it did, you know, relatively well. You know, critical consensus was far less kind <laughs> um, than box office takings. I think what Rupert Friend brings to this role is maybe a different flavour to what Timothy Oliphant brought originally. But I'm just not sure whether as with Timothy Oliphant, has quite the same presence of the character. It's a very tricky character to do. Mm. Someone with a sort of like emotionless core, but still has to display something which is a bit interesting to allow the audience in. And I think there's like a tiny bit of humour there. There's like a sliver of humanity here as well. But I, I think with Rupert Friend, he looks a bit more like a kind of punk or a football hooligan or, or something he, look, he looks like a sort of intense like almost like robert carlyle psycho sort of mm. feel to him which you know is is maybe in keeping with what you want from a genetically engineered assassin um but uh it's i still don't think it's it's quite nailed here i think he does an okay job but much like timothy oliphant you know, I think he's someone who can be very funny and charming. I love him in Death of Stalin. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When he's shouting at like his hockey team, calling them a bunch of fannies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to see him be like a, a lead in something more interesting. I know that he's meant to be very good in Homeland, but I only ever watched the first season and I think he is introduced in the second season and that was part of what creative team behind this film, like that's why... They uh, were interested in him for the role. Um, but in a way, I, th I think like, you know, we'll get on to Zachary Quinto and John Smith. I think maybe he would have been better in a very kind of surface level sense because he could be quite a good sort of T-1000 style Terminator rather than a sort of, I don't know, whatever 47's trying to be. I could see him doing a Robert Patrick. That's <laughs> all I'm trying to say. So, yeah, I think he is an improvement on Timothy Oliphant if we're trying to replicate the characterization of 47. I still think he's missing the look. I still think both actors are a little bit baby-faced. Both, again, have shaved heads, not completely hairless heads, which was a bone of contention with me. I think, again, 47 has a cue ball. But the Rupert Friend doesn't have the twinkle i think timothy oliphant was a bit sardonic mm. as 47 i think he does seem dead behind the eyes in a good way <laughs> um and i think we see 47 in two modes in this film don't we because the first chunk of the film he is very much positioned as the bad guy and i really 
I I had no idea where the plot was going to go. I hadn't seen the trailer in forever. And for the longest time, I thought we, we were... Oh, and I was hoping we might have a rare video game movie where the player character is actually being meant to be something to be feared. And he was Terminator-like. And I, I enjoyed that. And what you're saying about a character being emotionless but still trying to convey character and trying to evade emotion is possible as like spock and star trek proved and speaking of spock <laughs> we've got zachary mr spock quinto as the i would say the main antagonist yeah even though he's a he is again a subordinate to uh, the big bad we got another film where a, a baddie has a desk with a display like in tron we do like that sort of desk don't we yes and the guy behind the desk is a character called leclerc played by resident evil apocalypse's thomas Treshman. i know i look through his uh his imdb he just plays european shits doesn't he <laughs> for the most part i mean he was the goody in king kong the captain as much as you can call somebody who traffics giants well, he traffics giant apes <laughs> as a as a goodie. Yeah, he's not he's not really the guy who needs to be taken care of. It's Zachary Crinto, and like I said, I I mean he's basically Kyle Reese for the first part of the film. He I thought there's a bit when he's um helping our female hero, our uh, Katia. Mm -hmm. They arrive at a hotel room after uh, getting through all sort of narrow squeaks with 47 and i thought he was going to turn around to say i came across time for you katia <laughs> yeah i mean when they're having the conversation in the car on the way to the hotel is pretty much the whole i'm here to protect you he absolutely will not stop ever until you're dead i never really viewed him as kind of an action guy um but in this like a fight he has with 47 at the start and i really was buying him as an action hero and there's a there's an amazing shot when they're having this fight at a train station and they fall onto a train from this like bridge and I thought I need that in GIF form, I need that. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on um on Mr. Quinto in this? Well, it's it's funny when you're we're talking about the Terminator and just th throughout this whole film, I was just not even sort of checking off references. But just like how this whole film is such a composite of all these other well-known movies and, and not even at a sort of very deep level, at a very surface level. So the fact that you're sort of saying, yes, he's almost like Kyle Reese and the Terminator. And then funnily enough, when it's sort of flipped, there's like a moment where 47 basically in front of Katia guns him down and we think he's dead and then lo and behold he shows up later on and it turns out he's got subdermal titanium body armor <laughs> um mm. which is injected into him that's like now he's the t-1000 because he's got liquid metal not made of little me liquid metal but he's got liquid metal directly underneath his skin you have so many other things like the fight on the train tracks is an echo of the matrix as is 47 arriving at the u.s embassy with a bag full of guns going through the X-ray scanner. You have all the sort of shadowy organizations and syndicates and stuff, which is countless movies, but very much like the Bourne films. 
and in terms of the sort of look and feel and, and style, uh, I'd say it, it sort of echoes that quite a bit. And then even like with the character, and we'll get into sort of Katia in a bit, but I sort of felt like this was a lot like Dread in the sense you do have this mm. like tough, emotionless sort of central character and you have as a sort of counterpoint to that slightly audience surrogate in who also possesses kind of psychic powers too. It's funny, I wrote down here, I remember that we watched Dreads for the first time together and I re- had read more of the comics than you and you asked me, does like Dread have psychics? in it and i was like yeah yeah and i totally wrote that down here because yes very much got an impression of judge anderson she's not actually a psychic but i wanted to ask you does hitman have magic people in it because (laughs) her powers they definitely are presented as powers when she starts to get her sort of extrasensory perception vibes Mm. Mm. yeah i mean just just to sort of get back to zafra quinto i i did like him in this i think it's interesting because as with rupert friend you don't think of zachary quinto as like action kind of star so to have these kind of you know maybe tall but not scrawny but like slightly weedier men (laughs) having (laughs) these kind of fist fights throwing each other into walls and things does give the action like a different sort of flavor and i think it's interesting because, like, Zachary Quinto came to most people's attention through playing Scylla in mm. TV show Heroes, where he is, like, this unassuming character who is incredibly menacing. And he brings that sort of intensity, even though he has a sort of softness to, like, the exterior. And I think that works in both senses here, when he is acting more like the protector trying to save Katya from 47. And then when he is more like, you know, trying to track the sort of creator of the agent program down and like his true purpose is revealed at at that point. I think he plays both sides of that fairly well without necessarily changing the tone of the performance too much, which I think is quite tricky to pull off. So I think he does, you know, he makes those, that part of the film more watchable and compelling than it might otherwise be. You want to tell me what's happening now? The man you're looking for, his name is Peter Aaron Litvenko. Who is he? Your father. I don't know much, only that he's a geneticist, an expert in human biogenetics who spearheaded a program of experimentation. What kind of experiments? The kind that created killers. They engineered human beings by targeting and enhancing specific genes. The resulting subjects were stronger, faster, more intelligent than normal people. They were called agents. What does any of this have to do with me? Why do they want to kill me? Crichton Technologies has restarted the agent program. They're building agents right now, like 47, maybe worse. They believe that you're the key to finding your father. I don't understand. I mean, if you recall, we had some issues with the villain in the first Hitman film because he was like a just he he was like a generic Russian. Well, he was the Russian president, (laughs) but he was actually a a, the the double of the Russian president. He was just quite a boring character. And I think our favorite character in that first Hitman film was this sort of eccentric. Was it German soldier guard dude? 
Anyway, I feel that Zachary Quinto is a lot more entertaining as a nemesis in this. And another thing this film does better than the first film is that I thought the fights seemed to be much more choreographed. They're a lot cleaner to see, a lot easier to see. And yeah, uh, when when you see two weedy men throwing shit down in a sort of martial arts fight i i that speaks to me as a weedy man myself <laughs> so uh yeah so still some some good good stuff bubbling to the surface you know this film is very generic and formulaic in in quite a lot of respects but it's not as overly convoluted as the first film and it's not as kind of muddy and drab and irritating as the first film i mean it does begin sort of very top heavy in in terms of exposition explaining so much exposition yeah explaining the sort of the genesis of the agent program and how this film in a way fills in the backstory which the first film didn't necessarily have too much it's not an origin story or at least it's not an origin for 47 it's maybe a bit of an origin for the katia character but it does sort of go back to the very start of where 47 and the agents come from and that's the sort of the central hook in the mystery and where the katia character comes in is that she um is trying to search for this mystery man um who uh turns out to be her father played by Kieran Hines uh, of Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life fame. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and also um, in her quest to find out, to sort of be off grid, etc., she uh, gets a passport, a fake passport from a pawn shop owner played by Jürgen Prochnow, who we of course will know, games on film fans, from House of the Dead and Wing Commander and he's also in another video game adaptation, Company of Heroes. But I found that scene. There's a scene when she goes to the pawn shop and she gets her like fake passports. It seems completely um, superfluous to the plot. It didn't tell us much. Um... I think it's just adding a bit of colour to her trying to avoid detection. And it's all sort of part and parcel of... You know, there's sort of flashbacks to a troubled past. She's taking medication. Uh, we get a sense of her abilities. The fact that she sort of hears the scrambling of voices and noises coming from an apartment block. And she overhears uh, a man abusing a woman in the hotel room. And she sounds an alarm which causes a distraction so the woman can flee. So we get this idea of this extrasensory perception um, but she's sort of taking medication because she thinks it's like trauma and a problem. And later on, 47's like, don't take those meds to sort of cancel that out. That is actually your super duper power. I just think I didn't find her plot particularly engaging at the start. Mm. Um, it's like you, you say that scene was important to show how she was in danger, but I'd already got the sense that she was in danger she did, you know i i was hey hey i didn't say it was important <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, i've been a wrote here i actually wrote here i'm not gonna lie i'm already a bit bored i don't care about her map with all the crosses on it i'm not finding 47's mission to be mysterious in an interesting way mm. because we first see 47 on his own little sort of mission where he i think attaches 
like some sort of tracking devices to cars and he, and he looks at it on his computer. It kind of reminded me of those apps with microtransactions in them. And I can imagine him getting spiked <laughs> a number of times by pressing the wrong button at the wrong time. Um, but he, he ends up in a security room, which also seems to be well stocked with booze. Did you notice that? How the two security guards with a bank of screens and just some alcohol <laughs> in the corner of the room. I didn't spot that, but I guess if you're going to be in a sort of safe house bunker facility, you know, you might need a drink or two to get you through it. I guess so. Based on my alcohol consumption during lockdown, that seems <laughs> seems accurate. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got interested when John Smith shows up and when 47 seems to be making a beeline for our quote-unquote heroes. But, yeah, for the most part, it's really 47 travelling between various international warehouses, car parks, and other places that are cheap to film. So I think, I think the moment the film sort of clicks and when it sort of reveals its purpose a bit more is um, the sort of play that John Smith makes in order to protect Katya... Um, when he intercepts her because 47 is tracking her down is to get himself arrested right in front of the US embassy. I think that's like, I, I liked just the the bit where 47's just stood outside the American embassy looking mm. at them being sort of like taken as prisoners in and like all the security going. And it just has the sort of like, I don't know, it looked like a sort of a, a cat or or something just like, waiting outside a house and just like, now, how am I going to get in here? <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see him being outwitted rather than overpowered. And so, yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, if you go into the US embassy and start shooting your gun in the air, it's a bit of a gamble because they might just start shooting their guns in the air, go woo, 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 USA, USA. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, he, he's brought in to custody so John Smith makes this play, haha, you can't catch me, I'm in the US Embassy. But then 47 sort of calls that bluff and walks in with the guns in his coat and with the guns in his suitcase. But he doesn't shoot up the place, he actually gets arrested. Yeah, so he, he gets arrested and I think like that's like pretty cool. His plan, right, is to be purposely captured and then bank on the cops bringing his guns into his into the interrogation room that's what happens isn't yeah, it yeah which seems like a ridiculous move on on behalf of the staff of the US embassy <laughs> i think that would <laughs> never ever happen now i don't think that was necessarily 47's plan i think his plan was always aha i'm going to get in there and i'll figure out how i'm going to break out or do whatever i need to do once i'm in interrogation he might have been there for quite a lot of time <laughs> he could have been immediately sent off to like a black site yeah i mean modern action movies seem to be really obsessed with creating cool scenes but just don't any make any logical sense because you know what 47 could have done he could have just waited because those his targets are not going to stay in there forever yeah if 47 he should have just seen the exits Worked out which one they're likely to come out of. I mean, there's, I think there's a hundred things he could have done out of the building rather than immediately getting himself handcuffed. But then, you know, it would be a short film. <laughs> <laughs> or a very long one if he's just sat out there for weeks. <laughs> yeah. 
This is all part of the plan. Grows a beard. Well, again, that would be help with his disguise. I mean, again, a wig, beard, grow a tum-tum. He's all right. <laughs> grow a tum-tum. Grow a tum-tum. So his plan was to get captured, and then he somehow knew that John Smith and Katya would would also simultaneously escape themselves, and he'd be able to trap them down in the ensuing chaos. But eventually, um, John Smith and Katya, they end up in this hotel room, and Katya's been bringing around this massive map she's been making, like she's been trying to track down this mystery man, sort of banking on the fact that this mystery man will stay in one place for the amount of time she takes to get around the world. Because, you know, she's it's a big cross on, say, France, <laughs> because she's searched all of France, and then she searched every other country in the world. But while she's been doing that, the guy goes and lives in France for a bit, so... Yeah, or just goes on holiday. <laughs> so, um, but I quite liked how she was able to locate him using basically her dad's dating profile. Because <laughs> I think she's asking questions about his hobbies and his likes and things like that. And she's she manages to narrow it down. So Yeah, apparently he loves orchids. He dislikes having lung cancer. <laughs> likes and dislikes. And then isn't this when like the phone rings and it's like some of distraction, like mm. is it like forty seven going Hitman Pizza? Uh, I mean Domino's Pizza. <laughs> I, I have a pizza for you that you didn't order, but you know we thought we'd give you free pizza. And then <laughs> I should have just said room service. <laughs> and then yeah, I thought the film was being really ballsy because it looks like Smith is dead from Bang Bang because he's been shot. Diana. To target dead by bang bang. Oh, <laughs> uh, dead by bang bang. <laughs> yeah, you know, for for a hot minute, because I'm so gullible and stupid, and I don't seem to know how movies work, I thought they might have legitimately killed off Zachary Quinto. We are in forty. I'm assuming I thought it was forty seven's house. There's a big jet engine behind Katia, um, making him Agent Seven Forty Seven. Ha ha ha. Or is it 747? No one ever calls it 747. I've ruined my own joke there. Or 747. 747. I could I could only assume that he's been constructing an entire plane piece by piece from a weekly magazine. <laughs> and he's finished the jet he's finished the the engine bit. And you know, his mum is like, You could have bought twenty planes for the cost of and it's like, But Mum Mum has got a cool little magazine about the engine. It must have used a lot of Airfits glue. For this God, yeah, one-to-one plane. It's what, make, it's what makes his hair fall out, because he's not been opening the windows. But this is like a sort of test. He starts the engine because he sees something in Katia that she doesn't know. And although I miss Hitman the villain, I, I quite appreciated Hitman the mentor. And we, we learn, and if you've got this far, you've heard the spoiler warning, you learn that she is basically the next gen of hit men. And she's going to have to call herself hit man because the patriarchy. A woman. A woman. <laughs> but it's, it's that thing which Mad Max Fury Road does. And I'm not comparing, I'm not saying this is anywhere near approaching Mad Max Fury Road. But it's one of those films where they do, I feel, try to make this sort of, 
secondary character like cool and badass and and better than the uh, original hitman she can grow hair long hair <laughs> i think maybe she wakes up and hitman's just sort of stroking her hair not in a not in a creepy way <laughs> okay maybe in a creepy way <laughs> but like in a sort of oh, I, I wish i had hair <laughs> i wish i had hair you know sometimes hitman gets very depressed and he gets a tube of Pritt stick and does it puts a Pritt stick all over his head and then he does handstands in barber shops and just <laughs> and rolls around and creaks a nice sticky wig for just a little bit. Sometimes he finds a stray cat, sticks it on his head, <laughs> looks at himself in a shop window. But you know, naked he looks like Robin Williams. He's got hair everywhere else. It's gross. But everyone's finding like at crime scenes, what's this curly curly brown hair down here <laughs> oh it's hitman's fucking nipple hairs again <laughs> moving on <laughs> just you know never see hitman in a string vest do you well, killing people I, on the cost of the soul <laughs> i didn't watch the deleted scenes so i i, I couldn't comment but yeah it it does produce an interesting wrinkle and it's 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 nice in a way because it, he's not like a mentor in the sense, like, I need to teach you everything. I mean, he does a little bit of that. But it's not like a sort of rivalry and stuff. It's just like, I want you to be the best you can be. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, like, you know, it's a positive, I want you to be the best superhuman human assassin possible. <laughs> Crucially, her name isn't Katia Van Dies. It's Quatre Van Dies, a.k.a. 90. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, you just... Why do these sort of master villains really show their hand so obviously? Obviously, if everyone is as stupid as me, they'd, they'd go far. But, you know, it's kind of hiding in plain sight means it's in plain sight. <laughs> but I didn't think it was... I think it was more just like when she was abandoned, she was a tiny child who didn't really know that her name stood for 90 maybe she just had never learnt french because her dad was ukrainian well she should have just gone to a gift shop and look at those bookmarks or say what your name means <laughs> it says here about deadly assassin what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> so you know i do enjoy this relationship and skipping ahead slightly the final battle when they're both side by side and they're sort of they're like like peas in a pod I, I really enjoyed that sort of twin action. Yeah, they are at that moment they are family again, like brother and sister, and it's it's quite cute when forty seven says, Oh, you can have one of my trademark silver ballers. You know why you're still alive? Because I chose not to kill you, but they will. Why do they want to kill me? We were part of the same program. Speed, strength, and intelligence. They want our DNA to build an army. Okay, untie me. You're the same as me. So untie yourself. I mean, we get another action sequence here. This is when Zachary Quinto shows up and I'm like, oh, he's still alive with the old subdermal body armor and he can grow his hair because he's an, another advanced agent. 
Again, he's the he's the opposite of Hitman. He's got a full head of hair and it's a five o'clock shadow, but he looks like a young boy <laughs> <laughs> underneath his clothes. <laughs> or it's just two boys stood on each other in a big suit. <laughs> it's a little Chris Pine down there. If you unzip his trousers, it's a little Captain Kirk poking out. <laughs> <laughs> any of these crazy suggestions would have made the film more interesting well it's it's in this uh, I guess hangar or jet engine building facility or whatever the hell this place is but it's it's here that you get like maybe the most sort of modern version of Hitman-y style here's a lot of different environmental elements that can be used to make creative kills should you wish so you get someone being thrown into a big grinder for some reason i paused the film just to let yeah you know i paused the film just (laughs) at the moment the man was flying into that grinder and and i unpaused it and then we got the wilhelm scream of course of course as featured in ratchet and clank i'd be so embarrassed if that was my if I was to, if I personally, me, Harry, was falling into a grinder and I let out a scream and it was like the exact same scream as the Wilhelm scream, I would be so disappointed. I'll be more disappointed by producing that sound than I would be my imminent grinding. <laughs> I can't believe I'm dying a cliche. <laughs> I was like, oh, shucks! <laughs> I must get out another scream. <laughs> No, it's not coming. My lungs are being grated. Ah. That's a nice image. But yes, hit manning it up a notch. He did do... It's kind of a pet peeve of mine where these two soldiers are walking shoulder to shoulder towards the camera and then Rupert Friend rises behind them. And the only way he could have possibly got there if he like kind of squat walked his... You know, they pass, he squat walks behind them and then rises. It's a cool image, but from a, a wide angle lens, it would look really ridiculous. <laughs> that's why they don't include it in the film. That's true, yeah. That's why I'm not a film director. I would have shown that. <laughs> Him sort of walking like a, a, a frog with his um, pants filled. No way that came out. Um, There's also a lot of CGI blood. It's still blood, but I think we enjoyed the squibbage in the first Hitman, didn't we? Um, well, yeah. I mean, there's it's quite a bit of CG stuntmen um, throughout, really. I can't remember. Did they use a jet engine to f- throw people out into space? Throw people out into space? <laughs> I think, well, How you know. How powerful they... is this engine? Didn't they use jets to make CGI stuntmen fly through a window or something? I can't remember. Who are if you that talking about? They, the the baddies. <laughs> I just can't remember if you weaponized the jet engine. The baddies made the stuntmen no, st- fly into again. space. <laughs> Starting again, did forty seven in this action sequence weaponize a jet engine? in such a way that it blew so far, so fast and hard, that stuntmen flew into the void. (laughs) Stop saying stuntmen. Like, there are stuntmen as characters in this film. No, what happened was... Do you know how films work? (laughs) I know, but you keep on referring to 
47 and then stuntmen. <laughs> He's making me sound like in the film, John Smith, rather than henchmen, he just phoned up a stuntman company. <laughs> and he's like, I don't, I, how much for stuntmen? <laughs> no, what like, I'm, happened... not, I'm not doing this without a rehearsal. What happened was the jet engine's already going because Katya escaped it earlier. They didn't shoot... even talk about, yeah, he tests her using a jet engine. But yeah. anyway. They shoot the glass, which crashes, and then the jet engine sucks two baddies into the jet engine and it explodes. Right. They don't get propelled into outer space. (laughs) I've got such a strong... I've got such a strong image of this. It's such a shame that, like, yeah, the the film failed. The film failed because rather than me having this memory of two CGI stuntmen being pulled into a jet engine, I imagined a far more interesting image. But, um... (laughs) A far less plausible one. (laughs) Yes, yes, admittedly, yes. It just reminds me of that... It just reminds me of that uh, cheat code and Die Hard trilogy where if you shoot a baddie, they just float up into space. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't... I have to admit, I didn't watch to see if there was any end of credit sequence and you know there could have been stuntmen in space floating around <laughs> but we never got that there is a mid-credit sequence but i think it's a bit too early to talk about that yeah well let's hot foot it to singapore because that's where they've determined that katya's father the creator of the agent program is hiding in plain sight because That's also where Syndicate International, John Smith's employers and the people who want to find out the secret to the agent program and track down Katya in the process is also based. And Mm. so Katya and 47, they arrive at Singapore Airport and he does a little bit of um, training, teaching her to avoid cameras, avoid doing the obvious, etc. Which the way he describes it, it sounds like uh, mindfulness. It's like what people say, it's like, oh, be aware of your surroundings. Like, listen to every step, feel every breath. And it's just like, or you can just grab a pilot's jacket and hat and (laughs) avoid detection that way. I am imagining a series of silent assassin audio tapes where it's just like nothing because it's so quiet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, again, I quite like the mentor type thing. I mean, it seems a... I doubt he would have done this if he didn't think she could do it. But it also, if she fails, then he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big roll of the dice. We do find out later that what she did very well in the airport itself, but that camera clocked her when she left. But, you know, you can either pretend Agent 47 is exceptionally stupid or you can pretend he's so far ahead of the game and he knew everything was going to happen that every failure was sort of planned. <laughs> so that's the space you're in. He's either a dunce or Einstein. So <laughs> take your pick. There is a, a cute exchange, maybe the best line in the film, when they do check into this swanky hotel and 47 is checking out the wardrobe and looking in the corners of the wardrobe, and Katya says, bombs. And 47 says, moths, Italian wool. They love it. Yeah, I didn't really get much joy out of that line. I was 
clutching at straws. <laughs> it does give you that slight James Bondy vibe, doesn't it? When he's like, when you talk about clothes. <laughs> I read today. I don't know how, like, much you can believe this or not because it was off on the tabloids. But because uh, No Time to Die has been postponed again. And therefore, our games of film James Bond special has been postponed again. Um, because the film's been delayed so long now, all the sort of product placement in that film is like too old now to be used. And so they, um, they're in a bit of a bind where we have to decide, do we have to like CGI new, the latest Sony Ericsson phone in there or something? We'll, we'll wait and see. We might, we might get like a 20th anniversary E.T vibe going where all the guns have been replaced by sony phones i thought you were going to say like all the brand sponsorship has lapsed so heineken bottles will be replaced with i don't know cronenberg or something could happen it could happen or like links africa <laughs> so he's like drinking bot- <laughs> he's drinking bottles of like the whatever sponsorship will fit in an approximate size of a beer bottle piper pringles <laughs> Daniel Craig's lips get CGI, so rather than saying Omega, he says, "Think of a product, or <laughs> Casio." <laughs> James Bond, you sound a bit uncertain there. Casio. <laughs> I don't care what I'm buying. I got a gift voucher for Christmas. <laughs> Oh, I should drink water more often. I've not had anything to drink. I'm just drinking water. And, um, <clears throat> anyway, so um, classic, classic dialogue about Italian wall aside. They then end up in this giant greenhouse. And is this a real place? I think so. I think it's the like botanical gardens in Singapore, at least. I know the, the big weird tree things. I know that they exist, but I haven't actually... I've been to Singapore, but I didn't go to the Botanical Gardens. So I think, I don't know how recent or modern they are, but I do recognise it. But the reason they're there is because they figured out, or at least Katya knows that, like, her dad loves orchids. But also, like, they say, oh, he'll be at the Botanical Gardens but around about 9am because that's when the orchids are in full bloom. But I just like the idea, it's just like, I'm a wanted man, and if I get captured, like, they might be able to get the secret of this genetically engineered super soldier program out of me, but I just can't resist looking at the orchids. <laughs> I must have a fixed routine. I uh, <laughs> I put my calendar on a public Google calendar dog. But that's actually very video game character, isn't it? True. It's like, they will do their walking cycle from 9am to 9.15am. Yeah, the security guard sees him walk to this flower, bend over precisely at the exact same moment every day and sniff yeah i mean this scene though i mean i love kieran hines as an actor but this little bit of dialogue between um kieran hines katia and 47 it's so on the nose soap opera type dialogue i couldn't be bothered to write it all down so i think we should put a clip of this dialogue here I'm ready. Get it over with. Do it now. He 
He's not going to kill you, father. Yes, he will. It's inevitable. Killing is what he is programmed to do and who he is. Isn't that right, 47? You're wrong. We determine who we are by what we do. You believe you have a choice? I believe that's what makes us human. Then it seems that you and your brother have a lot to teach this old man. I guess I gave you family after all. It's just really no subtlety in this dialogue, and it's, you can sense the, shoe, the the plot advancement in the shoe leather just to get to the next bit. I mean, there's quite a bit of that stuff, because later on when Leclerc and Litvenko, the Tyrion Hines character, uh, like when he's been captured, it, it literally has, you and I, we're not so different, and I'm already dead, and all that <laughs> kind of fooey. Yeah, I guess I just I think we've just we've just seen too many films. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I watched half of the Mulan remake recently and I kind of gave up when like the the main villain says to the hero, "Why didn't you join me?" you know, "Why you're a goodie, but hey, we're we're both just the same and you know, just a little bit of genocide and yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing." <laughs> Hey ho, you know, it's a hitman movie. <laughs> it comes with the territory to an extent. Mm. Following this, there's a bit of a car chase in a car park. It's not particularly an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, is John John Smith right? John Smith, he has all this hitman technology. I can't remember if he just wants to be the ultimate hitman. I think he's just an employee. Yeah. Like he wants, they want to create the agent program, but I don't think he wants to himself become the ultimate agent like he has like a rivalry and he's like he thinks he is better than 47 mm. and it's you know debatable but katia trumps them both so and they, i don't think they realize they know that katia holds the key to finding litvenko but they don't realize that katia is super duper yeah i don't think they understand that she has these super capabilities they just think she'll just be able to give them your bulk standard 47 style agents and it's just like ah, ha, 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 but i can give you 90 plus they're trying to find it vet go to get the basically how to make a hitman um but they don't realize that katia is like what they would really want like the best of the best <laughs> i i written here i am I think John Smith, to paraphrase, to paraphrase Idris Elba in Hobbs and Shaw, John Smith should have said, look at me, I'm white Superman. It <laughs> 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 doesn't really work, but it amused me. Actually, I mentioned how the car, car chase was nothing much to speak of, but there is that bit where these sort of big hooks are shot from buildings and hold the car in place, which I think was a very arresting image. I think it's pr- it was pretty much on the cover of the dvd where 47's got his guns out and the car's in the middle of this intersection and he looks pretty fucked yeah (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, so, like, uh, baddies, like, zipline down on these grapple hooks attached to their car. In the uh, ensuing chaos, Litvenko is shot in the mm-hmm. leg and is kidnapped by the syndicate and taken to their HQ. Yeah, to, to be, I think, tortured and interrogated for this information. I think at one point... Uh, Smith goes, for fuck's sake, doctor, give me what I need, which is rather like when I go to my GP. <laughs> <laughs> and they sit down and they say, what do you want? And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm ill. <laughs> give me some give me some drugs. Um, yes. And sort of after this all gunfight, 47, sort of, they, he leaves the scene of battle just carrying an unconscious Katia down the busy street. I guess it's that kind of town. And then the final section of this film takes place in high-tech white offices of... I mean, like it looks like what Just Eat offices must look like now, this far into the pandemic, because of all the money they've made from takeaways. I've written here this called Baddy Corp. What's the actual name of the organisation again? I think Syndicate International. That's almost as evil-sounding as Baddy Corp. Syndicate International. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell. How placeholder a name for an evil organization is that? You know, when you say Amazon nowadays, you don't really think of the Amazon rainforest. You think of, well, you think of Syndicate International, really, don't you? <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, they weren't really trying. Content HQ. Content. Oh, dear. So what, what what does Syndicate International do? Uh, I don't really know. The film doesn't really go much further apart from they just really want to create an army of genetically engineered super soldiers. It's like that episode of Black Books where um, Fran ends up in a building and she doesn't know what they do. And she's like, eventually learns, oh, assassins, genetically engineered assassins. Cool. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What have I? Oh, I've just created an assassin in this spreadsheet here. (laughs) So uh, 47's. I've written here, he he, cra- <laughs> like he crashes a helicopter into a building. He sets, 47, he sets Katia loose. So I think at this point in the story, Katia hates 47 because she perceives him to have betrayed uh, her father and basically given the father to the syndicate. But I think it's all kind of a long play. He, 47 himself, goes into the building as a firefighter because of the exploded helicopter which is basically like leon yes yeah exactly like leon <laughs> again at moments like this i just wish he would turn to the camera and it goes like <laughs> it's just like leon <laughs> i think of the few just a note in a few points in this film he grabs the top of a, of a pistol and pulls off the front of a gun You've got loads of handgun experience, Rory. Um, is that possible? Can you just pull um, off the front of a gun? People dismantle guns. I mean, Katya dismantles the gun and puts it together fairly quickly. Mm. Does seem like it would be a bit of a. It seems just barely held together. Yeah, I does. It doesn't speak volumes about the build quality. If any, if any of our listeners are really, really big into guns. <laughs> maybe do something else with your time <laughs> they you know quinto 47 john smith they have a fight 47 kills quinto by 
zapping an entire building through him. He sort of garrots <laughs> him with uh, buildings wiring, um, which is like you know a health and safety disaster. Well, no, I think he, I think he uses his garrot wire, oh, okay, and then attaches it round his neck and then sticks it him into an exposed bit of uh, electrical current, and because his body has got metal inside it, it kind of conducts through him and then... I still think yeah. you'd have to write an incident report out next day <laughs> from sort of the HR. Just, side note, almost the very last thing I did before lockdown last year was a St. John's Ambulance course. And I just got, we, we were all doing mouth to mouth with these dummies. And every time we did one, the dummy was wiped with like anti-back. But, you know, wouldn't do that today. <laughs> <laughs> we do that today anyway back in the room back to hitman we we learn in the mid-credit sequence that zachary quinto is not dead he's just very badly burned which is a tip of the hat to austin powers and you know he's got white hair and it's a shame how many how many how old is this film how many years are we going to make one every eight years um well about five Five and a half years. So maybe Hitman Return of John Smith will be the subtitle. And it'll just be him on the box looking like Mr. Freeze. I don't know. Yeah, it, the, the whole thing sort of climaxes at uh, the helipad where Leclerc and Litvenko um, have escaped in a helicopter. But earlier on... 47 had switched Litvenko's inhaler for mm -hmm. his cancer treatment with an explosive one. <laughs> mm. And I guess like Litvenko knows that that's the case. I missed the point at which he explained that he has an explosive inhaler now. Please do not use it. <laughs> well, but there is a point when he's been dragged out of the torch room, Litvenko, he does grab for his inhaler. So he knows there's definitely a bomb in it. But... I think it was an unspoken thing between him. I mean, I don't think Agent 47 has a variety of inhalers with all sorts of things, like the penguin with his umbrellas. This is a bomb one. This is a poison gas one. This turns into a jet ski. And that would be useful. Yeah. Do you think that they go for this was like the parachute one? <laughs> so long, suckers. Last words. <laughs> Yeah, and he. Why does he sacrifice himself? Well, just like it's better to do that, like get rid of Leclerc. So, yeah, I mean, again, he's he's gonna die. He's got he's got terminal cancer, hasn't he? Unless that the unless it was Litvenko who hired forty seven in the first place, because he says that the contract is closed because there were two. Well, actually, no, that wouldn't make sense because Diana calls up and asks whether contract is over, whether both targets have been eliminated. One of them is Leclerc, confirmed eliminated, not by 47, but kind of by Litvanko with his explosive inhaler. Um, and the second target is confirmed not killed and 47 tosses his phone away uh, while Diana's like, what's that loud whistling noise? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'd love to we cut to Diana and she literally says that out loud what's that loud whistling noise <laughs> um, but we are to assume that the second target was Katya mm. and 
by not killing her, 47 has set her free and stopped an army of fellow agents. I think maybe because of the competition, not because, like, he's like, I'm actually pretty good at my job. I don't want anyone competing against me. But no, I think we're meant to assume that, no, it's better to not have any more agents around because it's like a mean thing to do. But, you know, I'm sorry if I'm sounding a bit thick, but actually I'm not sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, I th- I think this this Agent 47, he is he has his own agenda, but he's still kind of working within the the system of his organization and i don't know i don't care (laughs) he basically like he has a conscience and the idea is that he is letting yes (laughs) he is letting katya be free but as a sort of contingency plan there is already another agent after them because earlier on there was a tiny little sequence where we saw a dead body sort of in a bathtub electrocuted with a toaster and an Mm. agent buttoning themselves up having told to go to singapore by uh diana and at just at the very end of the film elevator door opens it's agent 48 do we know it's 48 could have been does, oh, yeah, it says 48 on the back of his head, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I know we're saying this right at the end, but uh, they have numbers on the back of their head in this film when it's just been a barcode before, I believe. Yeah, I think they say barcode is when they're born, mm. number is when they are an agent. And again, I know it's from the games, but it beggars belief that you would have a secret assassin with such an identifiable... You know, he's basically got his police record on the back of his head. So, <laughs> But this Agent 48 is kind of like the version of Hitman that you were talking about. This is clean-shaven, shinier, mm. balder than 47. So, yeah. I, I mean, I was looking at a DVD extra and they did sort of explain, oh, he's like shaven as opposed to completely clean bald because he's like a little bit rougher. But... When you actually put them side by side, 47, 48, 48 is more what you would expect from 47. Why didn't so I guess it means. Why do that in the first place then? But it means That's to. Really annoying but, it's me. sort of, but no, but it's speaking to the character of 47 that he is a little bit like. He's your kind of slightly edgier agent. He's your slightly cooler. It's like everyone's cooler when they've got a bit of stubble, guys. This is just the costumes from the first excellent movie all over again they don't give the audience what they want they think this will be cooler i'm and like i just want to think what i just just picturing the director and the editor in this in the editing suite and they said this is the last shot of the film the door split open and it's rupert friend again but he's got a bald head and they're imagining the audience back you remember when we had audiences in the cinema and he's thinking oh my god when the doors open and they see that the actual video games hitman is there with his actual bald head and he's gonna have a fight with his clone and the audience is gonna go wow we can't wait and that's when we have the credits yeah it's a uh, sequel baiting. Do you think crowds were leaving the cinema thinking, "Oh my god, I can't wait for the next one. How's it going to start? How would how would the sequel start? 
how would Hitman John Smith didn't die <laughs> um, start a gunfight on the roof? And I'm going to. I'd assume... be very surprised. I'd be very surprised if any of the cast in this film <laughs> would return. Katia, you've been shot in the face. <laughs> but how we get rid of that problem. And um, Rupert Friend is like, I've just put on my Mission Impossible style face to have a different face. And I'm going to be played by... Um, well, we know we don't have to think of any bald actors because <laughs> they haven't done in the past. No. Stanley Tucci. Confirm target termination. Target. Leclerc. Antoine. Terminated. And the other? Second target. 47. 47. Confirm second. So... Like, I was pretty down on, like, the very end of the film. But I'll still stand by what I said before. If you took off the Hitman name and and his ridiculous suit and red tie, which, again, is kind of like the costume a businessman would wear in a cartoon. If you took all that away, I think you would have, like, a, one of those solid, generic admittedly director dvd um european action movies in like the transporter molds i think i just think if they made a hitman film which was just lots of sort of slow burn assassinations or, or maybe you know it'd have a plot but instead of action you would have these sort of heist style assassinations you know rube goldberg style assassins assassinations i think that would just be gang this people would love it people would love it but they decide to go down the dumb action route which i enjoy but i want a hitman movie man <laughs> um but i prefer this to the first one i found the first one quite annoying and I think this one goes down more smoothly, as smooth as Agent 48's head. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, so the director of the film, Alexander Bach, um, this was his uh, so far only feature film directorial credit. His background is mainly in commercials. Um, but uh, in um, an interview with him, um, in the Lights, Camera, Game Over book by Luke Owen, which we've recommended many times before. Uh, he does say, I'm not a big fan of the first film at all. I think it is a bad movie. <laughs> which I, I'm inclined to agree with, and I, I would be inclined to agree with you too. I do think this is an improvement on the first film. I don't think it's in any way a good movie. I think it's maybe sort of a bit below average even in the video game movie spectrum just because it is so bland to, you know, not really sort of merit any kind of recommendation. Um, <laughs> You're saying the Daily Star lied to us? It is action-packed and stylish. No, that's true. But that's about all that it's got 
going for it. I, I just think it's, you know, I, I noticed in the credits that uh, Chad Stileski and David Leitch were action unit directors on the film, and they obviously, well, even before this film, they directed uh, John Wick and have since gone on to do, you know, John Wick movies and, you know, Deadpool 2 and Hobbs and Shaw and all that kind of stuff. So just looking at this film, you know, this film was released a year after the first John Wick. It's like, do we need these films anymore post John Wick? Like, I just don't see how anyone who lights these kind of hitman in, you know, generically, not in terms of like the brand movies needs this kind of fair when you can have like just better quality stuff readily accessible i mean even the john Wick films are now starting to suffer from being too expanded with their shadowy organizations and evil syndicates and all that kind of stuff like as much as i enjoyed john Wick 3 it's dying to feel quite bloated with all that extra stuff I rather, like, prefer it when it's more sort of, like, hints of it and things uh, rather than just, like, laid out so explicitly about what's going on and the various, you know, machinations of the world. But even still, like, the action in this is just, like, very passable and the way it looks is just, like, fine. I think I like the, the fighting. I like the fighting and the gunplay a little bit more than you. There's a few cool... He does a slight gun carter type stuff. Uh, mm. True story. When Equilibrium came out and I saw Gun Carter for the first time, I thought it was good. That's the end of the story. Um, <laughs> but you know, but that's the thing. It's it's like it's you know there are lots of these kind of action films which do exist with a little bit more character and flavour to them. I mean, even when you talk about the sort of you know generic European action films of your you know Europa Corps and Luc Besson involved productions, like. They still have some, you know, like, they'll have, like, an interesting character here, or they'll have, like, a weird, kooky performance there, or they'll just have something to, like, break up things and add a little bit of spice. But this film just, like, goes from A to B to Z. Yeah, by virtue of them being kind of French productions, those films have just a different view on things and, and just look at things a different way. But yeah, this seems, this is just a little bit too generic. Um, it's yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like the slog that the first film did. It doesn't feel so like grim and just boring. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still only a, a very mild pass from me. I've given it a solid three stars, which in my ranking is it passes the time. <laughs> But in the meantime, <laughs> uh, what is the next film going to be in Games on Film? Our next episode will be marking 25 years of Pokemon. There's all kinds of 25th anniversary celebrations happening this year, and we're going to get in on that as soon as possible too. And we're going to go back to the start. Not quite the very start, Pokemon the first movie, but instead Pokemon the movie I Choose You which is the 20th Pokemon movie and charts the fateful first encounter of Ash and Pikachu. But how can people keep in touch with us? 
Our website is gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast, where you can find further details about video game movies and the podcast in general. We're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at gamesonfilmpod, where we post information about the episodes, as well as video game movie news. And there's lots going on on that front, so do follow us on those channels. I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele. I'm at Only Man Who Can. And you can contact us, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com. All episodes of the podcast are available on soundcloud.com slash gamesonfilmpod. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Acast, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. So please like, rate, review, subscribe and share with all those who might be interested in Hitman movies and more. And the music for this episode was composed by David Lightfoot. Harry, do you have anything you'd like to plug? um no but again based on this movie i i'd like to plug orchids and jet engines and in honor of hitman 3 the number three <laughs> i'd like to plug some baddies plug some baddies plug them on the jaw and then you hurt your hand <laughs> on their they haven't got a glass jaw they've got subdermal armor i wonder what that'd be like going through metal detectors yeah he was put into the embassy. 47 went through a metal detector. Oh, yeah. But they didn't put old ZQ hmm. through one, too. Maybe because he'd already fired a gun. It was just like, well, we know he's got a gun. Yeah, they didn't take this gun off him. In fact, they brought the gun into the room with Zachary Quinto <laughs> and just left him there with it. It's kind of what they do. Yeah. I mean, again, it's the American Embassy. They probably have vending machines with guns in them. Like, I'll take <laughs> D9 with a Glock and a Desert Eagle, you know. But you have to go to a separate vending machine for the ammo. That's the security. <laughs> yeah, that's security there. Anyway, till next time, I've been Harry. I've been Rory. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.